Good evening, everyone. I hope uh, you're doing well. Uh, we're going to get into this uh, podcast here on this uh, monumental day, and we're going to get into the scriptures, as I like to always do, um, and base what we say and what we do on the Word of God. Uh, first, we're going to open up with a word of prayer. Let's uh, pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy, that in spite of us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's, it doesn't matter what what we've done, what we've committed, what we've said, where we've been, if we repent and give our heart and life to Jesus, uh, you forgive us of our sins, cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, never to remember them again. And we thank you for that. We're thankful that you keep your promises. Pray that you give me the clear thoughts and clear speech to present your word according to your will. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade. Um, the decision was a 6-3. Um, it had been leaked about 15 days previous, and the evil powers that be have been planning to attack on the day that this decision was was released. Uh, so I want to go ahead and start with that is the warning about what is taking place currently. And that is, it's a 920 now. This podcast is live. Um, I am following Frank's speech uh, with um, um, Brandon is doing a Brandon live, Brandon live TV. Uh, that's not the name. Let me get you the name. Brandon House Live is the name of it, but it's live now on Frank's speech. If you'll pull up Frank's speech and you can see um, the live uh, recordings from D.C. right now. Um, Brandon House was just interviewing Abby Johnson. Um who, had, who was a director of an abortion clinic, but realized that uh, what what they were really doing in the clinics, they were really murdering babies in the clinic, and she decided that was not something she wanted to be part of. And she has been able to turn over 600 abortion clinic workers over, away from that, and turn them to Jesus Christ. And so we praise the Lord for that. So the Roe versus Wade, you know, has been a, a fight, been an issue uh, for 50 years, several decades, and nobody has seemed to really want to get rid of it. Um, and it, it might have looked like it would never decide on it. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, if you listen, if you're following me on my Facebook um I made the, the point that I didn't understand why it was a issue in the first place. Um, something that John Adams said was that our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. 
that is very critical to understand that our Constitution and that our government, our, our, the U.S. survey here, is for moral people. And it operates and runs because of moral people. There are things that have, should have never come up and that would be red flags to those people, to children of God, and that would be things that have would have never been considered at the founding of our country because it's immoral. There was no question that if anything was immoral, there was no question. We go, well, let's go, let's see what God said about this, this subject. The subject matter here, what does the Word of God say? Let's compare this to the Word of God. And that's what they did. So this decision should have never been brought up in the first place, but it was, in my understanding. I am, you know, only 32, so I wasn't even born then. But anyway, we had the Word of God. We can, uh, we can, we can fall back on. I actually look forward to because it's a living Word, and Christ uh, gives us His direction and His will through the Word of God and His guidance through the Holy Spirit. So, um, back to the warning: it is immoral. It is wickedness that that has been consumed for these decades and it's actually revolves around satanic worship i'm going to say a little bit about this i'm not going to go into de details of the satanic worship but i want to uh give a few verses backing what i'm saying uh so as I mentioned that this country was founded on the Word of God, primarily the easiest example of this would be the Ten Commandments. And one of the Ten Commandments is, if you look in Exodus 20 and verse 13, says, Thou shalt not kill. And then there's a period. Thou shalt not kill. Abortion is murder. The Supreme Court made the decision and and noticed that the decision did not ban it, but it gave the power back to the states where it has been this whole time, but they never would make a ruling on that. The fact is that this back to the states, the people are in charge and they control what is allowed and what is not allowed. And if it is immoral, it is not allowed. The fact that our Lord, our Creator said, Thou shalt not kill, makes it immoral. I want to go to now uh, Leviticus chapter 18. Uh, so if you look at the uh, Democrats, they're no longer a party anymore, but it's satanic worshippers. Uh, you'll see that they do evil, wicked things. And I've been saying for years, probably over a decade now, that these people in power are demonic. And I've been uh, claiming that for a decade, over, I know over a decade. I said, there's no way that what, what they're doing, and you know, I wasn't into politics much. I would vote for president back then, but I was um, 
uh, youth pastor, Sunday school teacher, uh, in the choir, things like that, working for the Lord in the, in the church and uh, reaching and outreach, reaching people in the communities. That was the focus, and that's still the focus. Uh, but we have to understand that what goes on in our country in the politics actually does affect us. It does affect you, and it affects me where we're at. And it's very, it's important for us to uh, to comprehend. So back to where I said that the, the Democrat Party is no longer a party. In fact, the Democrats, Republicans, it's a uni party. They seem to be uh, in harmony, and their their key is uh, destruction, taking down the United States, and forming a communist country. I don't know if anyone's noticed lately, but we're not in the U.S. of A. anymore. We have a dictator, someone that was installed, not the actual president. Anyway, if you go to Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 21, he says, And thou shalt not let any of your seed pass through the fire to Molech, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. A lot of people say the Old Testament is not for us anymore and we need to live in the New Testament. And that makes me wonder if they actually read the Bible. Because most of the New Testament refers back to the Old Testament. And in Leviticus, what I just read came straight from God. If we care about God, what he has to say and what his opinions are on anything... We go back to the Old Testament, and there's a lot of God speaking straight from his mouth, straight to us. And what he just said in this verse, verse 21, Thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire of Molech, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. So the point I'm trying to make here with this verse is that it seems that these these people that are pro-abortion, it is their religion. And they worship Molech through aborting their babies. They're sacrificing children on the altar of Molech. We are in a spiritual battle. We're at war. God against the devil. Good against evil. And it's obvious, if you know what to look for, it's quite obvious now. I mean, it, anything that's against life is obviously satanic. But we see in these the pro-abortion, especially them uh, right now thinking of groups going to justices' houses and protesting, and which is illegal, uh, to go to their houses and protest in any way. But they have these um, crazy, I'm, I call them costumes, but uh, they have their hands duct taped with a baby doll and then their pants are soaked with what's supposed to look like blood. But you see, you can tell it's a, a ritual. It's a ceremony. I know of some, or I've heard of uh, women that have gone to the clinics, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 times. To have an abortion. It's a, a ritual to them. 
they want to do their own thing, go their own way, be their own person, but while they're murdering babies. And God and his word is very clear against these things, uh, such things, as we go back to you know Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. So it's clear through the lens of God's word that it's satanic, that it's satanic worship. That's why I don't understand why it took this long for a decision to be made, other than that fact that those, the principalities, the rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, uh, they work for Satan and for his uh, bidding. They answer to him. Uh, that's why Antifa is there in, at D.C. right now. Uh, if you, I learned that from the Frank speech. If you listen to uh, Brandon House live, he's on live broadcasting uh, feed, live feed from the, from DC, and Antifa showed up there about fifteen minutes ago. Um, so there, but one thing with, uh, to note is that the those that are pro life, they were there throughout the day, and they left, which is a the best thing to do, I would I would suggest not going now after dark, because only only reason for anyone to be there now is to cause trouble, and the uh, I can't remember the reporter's name speaking to Brandon House. Um, maybe I'll get it in a minute when my phone actually loads. Um, but they just re or Brandon House received word that there are pallets of bricks in D.C. now being staged. So they are planning on um, tearing things up. So I would suggest staying away. Don't go in. Don't go there. Don't participate. Let them make fools of themselves on their own. Um, but another a warning to Christians, those that will attend church on Sunday, they are going to be targeting churches. And uh, someone made this statement, and I agree with this, that unlike the George Floyd riots where they just started burning everything down and started closing every interstate and every highway down and started just uh, protesting everything for no reason, I think that they will this time have specific targets and what these targets are, pro-life centers, um, and any organization that supports pro-life, that is pro-life, I think especially Catholic churches, and any church that has been open about pro-life and supporting life in the womb, they're going to attack. Uh, that, those would be their specific targets. But every church that is going to have their doors open and going to have a worship service on Sunday should be should have heightened alert because there's no telling with the environment we are in what church they will attack. It could be any church, could be every church in in a city downtown, in a city mostly. I would say. But I can't say this for certain, but I would say mostly liberal, liberal cities is where you're going to have a problem. But 
there's no telling now with uh, Jane's Revenge and the flyers that they passed out. And I know in D.C., but I know that they've already um, attacked, targeted 40 different pro-life centers and churches already. And so they've been planning this since the, the, that leaked, the decision was leaked about 15 days ago. They've been planning their attack. So this is very serious. So be on alert, have heightened security. You need to have people at your church that know how to um, defend themselves and defend people and know how to, to handle themselves with a gun. That is the weapon of choice to for self-defense. After all, it is the best tool that we have, but they know how to use it. Um, so we're going to have security. Have a heightened alert. Be, be watching because that's what they're going to do. They're going to be either throwing bricks through the windows, uh, what the Molotov cocktails, whatever. They're going to try to burn the churches down. So beware. Tell everyone you can. Share this podcast to everyone that you know that you think is going to be at a church on Sunday. Uh, don't let this don't let this scare you out of going to church. Because where there's numbers in Christ, there's there's safety in numbers is what I was trying to say. But definitely, if you know the Lord, if you're in Christ, you're a child of God. There's protection, there's safety with Him, especially if you're of the same kind. Those that are in Christ. So let's remember that. Let's continue. I would like to go to, uh, I believe it is Psalms one thirty nine. And I like using my Bible and turning real pages. Uh, Psalms chapter 139, verses uh, 13 through 18, I believe. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Think about that. I am fearfully, wonderfully made. When I was made in secret, you know, it was it's out of the, the, the view of the physical eye. God knew you were there. He already had a name for you. He already had a plan. He already had a purpose. He says he already had a book in verse 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. Meaning before I was completely fashioned, you already saw me. And in thy book, notice he has a record. He had a record of you before you were born. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned. That means he was completely updating, or as I understand it anyway. 
in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. He said, before this was even set in stone, before I was born, and this is who I am. This is what I look like. This is how I would be. He had a book and a record, and he updated it according to his plan for you. See, God loves you. He loves every single person that was ever born on this earth or whomever had the potential to be born on this earth and then was evaporated from this earth. He knew them. The 63 million babies that were aborted, murdered, he knows every single one of them. And he has a book, a record of all every single one of them. He says he has a book with all the members, meaning the parts of his body, every part of his body, his hair color, his eye color, uh, his foot size, uh, everything, everything written down in a book. 63 million babies, unborn, murdered. He has a record of every single one of them. And he said, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. Think about it. God is, we are so important to him that he thinks about us. He considers us. And that's what too many people don't understand now is what the, the value that we have. And the fact that these satanic people are taking God out of the government, taking God out of schools, taking prayer out of schools, taking the Ten Commandments down out of public places. They're trying to take the presence of God out. Yet God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to speak to you because he cares about you and loves you. He has a record of you. He recorded everything about you because he created you. Doesn't matter what you think you know about your life, what you think you know about your parents or your grandparents, whatever. He knows you. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. When we go back to Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to go ahead and turn there so I can read it. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, we go, we're going back to the creation of man. He says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Remember, he has a purpose for you and a purpose for me. And he made one male one female. So in this, he just instituted marriage between one man and one woman because he has a plan. He has a purpose. If we go to chapter 2 and verse 7, he says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Remember, that is the only thing, the only creature that God did this to in his record of creation. The only creature that he took time to form and fashion out of the dust of the ground with his hands was man. It wasn't a cow. It wasn't a monkey. It wasn't a gorilla or an orangutan or a whale. It was humankind he made man adam out of the dust he took time to fashion us 
because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He took the time and breathed into us a living soul. No animal has a soul. They have life from the time they are conceived to the time that they die. But man has a living soul. And from conception, we will live eternally. But we have a choice between two places. One of two. There is no in-between. We must choose to accept what he's provided for us in eternal life or the judgment for our disobedience in eternal death. But we see he has plan and a purpose for us, and he wants life for us. That is why in Exodus 20, when he sent, gave Moses the tablets to deliver to the people, one of the Ten Commandments was, Thou shalt not kill. Let's see what Jeremiah 1.5 has to say. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 along the same lines says, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Think about that. That is what God told Jeremiah. Do you know that the name Jeremiah means whom Jehovah has appointed? Jeremiah was appointed as a prophet before he was born. God had a plan for him and a purpose. And Jeremiah, the one Jehovah appointed, was assigned to that purpose and to that plan. Now it's interesting though that God will has a plan and a purpose and he provides life to us but he gives us free will to choose that plan, that purpose or to deny it, reject it, turn our backs to him. He still gives us that option although he's already created a plan for us. He's created a purpose. Psalms 127, Psalms 127, let me find it, like I said, I like using pages and looking at the pages, Psalms 127, and verse 3, Psalms 127, and verse 3, Lo, or behold, Children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. I'll read that again. Lo, listen up, behold, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. That was Psalms 127 and verse 3. I hope that you take these this scripture, these references, and if you ha if you don't know them already, write them down, take notes, uh, play through this podcast again and again to get these these references. But every one of these references 
of God's word, his plan and his purpose for us, the fact that we he has a plan for us, he has a purpose for us, you know, it gives us that hope, that joy and that peace, the satisfaction despite what our situation is. Because we know that God wants us. He cares about us. There's a motherly instinct that God has instilled in all females. Because females are supposed to be mothers. And with this instinct, there's a natural desire to protect the young. To protect the child. And there's a perversion that is that is here that is present, and it is very evil, very sinister. But the plan is to take this mother to be, or mother, whatever the case is. But any they, the the devil likes to get them while they're young. And pervert their mind so that they're unstable. That they're indoctrinated to believe anything they're told. Uh, the devil would prefer that they don't have a foundation in the scriptures. They would prefer that they didn't have a, a good family to grow up in. They, uh, the devil prefers that you have only... A mother or only a father they would prefer that um, there's chaos in the home uh, these attacks this indoctrination they would prefer you have a gender dysphoria um, all of these are attacks of the devil to destroy what God has created and it's important to understand this this is not is nothing political about it it's has to do with God's law and morality based on God's law, based on his principles. That's where morals come from is God. His word delivered it to us. He delivered it to us through his word. It's important for us to understand that. That's why we have this country. That's why this country has been as powerful as it has been. But the devil wants to take us down. He wants to destroy all things good. All things with a purpose. All things with a plan. So today with the decision. With uh, Roe versus Wade. Um, from the beginning you could tell. And I, I, don't I don't know the whole story. From the beginning. From 1973 um, with Roe versus Wade, but I understand that it was not the intention for it to uh, go as it did, and there was, uh, as I understand, a change of heart in the intentions, <coughs> and yet the devil hijacked it and took 63 million lives in the process. Again, we want to thank the Lord for the decision. We want to thank the Lord for those that have stood up, that have, have 
sacrificed their life for life that took their own time to uh to promote the well-being and the safety of the unborn um, of these children and uh sharing it with others and, and showing that they were their their human beings at conception that they have a plan they have a purpose uh god it's hard to understand without knowing who Jesus is. And Jesus desires for us to have a relationship with him. And if we have a relationship with Jesus, we can understand this. But it's it's hard to understand it that before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations again we go back that's jeremiah 1 verse 5 let's think about that again as we ponder it it's what david said many times meditate on it selah let's think about it before i formed you in the belly and before you came out of the womb i sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Uh, and that's the case. That wasn't an isolated event. Uh, the fact of the matter is that he has, God, has called all of us out because he has a purpose and a plan for all of us, for you and for me. And as his creatures that's what the one of the tricks of the devil is that we is to try to convince people that we just evolved it doesn't make any sense anyway uh the heavens declare the glory of god and the firmament shows forth his handiwork um if you are to just walk out into the woods walk out into a to a, a stand of trees go out in nature get away from the buildings Get away from the high-rises. Get away from all that city noise. Once you do that, there's there's no way around it. When you look at the leaves, you look at the flowers. Uh, wh where do all the animals come from? How, how Where do all the wild animals come from? How do they live in the woods? I mean, how do they just keep popping up out of nowhere? I mean, what, what sustains them? Why are they there? How are they there? There's no way that you can go into the woods to the crea God's creation and not understand or realize that there is a grand design. There's a creator, a maker, who put life into the things around us. It didn't happen by chance. There was a plan. There was a purpose. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm an avid hunter. I am an avid fisherman. I love to be in God's creation because when I'm there, I have a greater connection with God. And I can 
feel his presence more when I'm in his creation. Not things that are made by man's hands like the concrete or the steel frames or the cold walls of a office building. But it's when I go out into the trees and breathe the fresh air and I gaze upon his diverse collection of things, of creatures, that I feel the presence of God. I feel him, his moving and his guiding. We're able to um, we're able to realign ourselves with him when we put away the, dis the distractions the um the uh and the word is losing my mind slipping my mind but we have a there's many distractions that the devil puts in our way and even things that aren't bad things that aren't harmful you know paul says to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There are things that are put in our way that may not be bad, but they're distracting us from God. They may not be bad, but they're blinding us to the truth of what our relationship is with our Creator. And there's things that we just have to consciously say okay i'm done with that then i'm gonna st i'm stepping away from that because it's uh hindering my walk with christ i'm going to remove that it may be like i just said taking a break into god's creation just that taking taking a break taking a time out to get to god's creation and what he's done can realign us he made us for the garden. He made us for the earth. He made us for from the dirt. You notice there's a, a surreal connection with farming. You know, I grew up on a I grew up all over the East Coast because my parents were home missionaries. Uh, but the place I call home was uh, my my great granddaddy's uh, homestead. He had cattle. He and his brothers and his uh, parents before they had a farm, and the farm was just is a multi generational farm. Had been there for years, and I could is was my as growing up my favorite place to be was to be out in the woods or out in the cow pasture there talking to the Lord. And, and feeling his presence and learning how to follow him and to seek his will and his way. There was nothing like it. Nothing like getting out away from things and being able to, to meditate on God's word and to seek his will. It's very important. Uh, the devil and his minions want the opposite of that for you you know God created Adam and Eve and stuck them in a garden the Garden of Eden 
and they had everything they needed. Everything was perfect. There were no thorns. There were no mosquitoes or ticks, anything like that. Just think about it. There was nothing that was harmful. Nothing, no parasites. There was nothing to drag you down. Nothing to distract you from God. So as we, uh, I'm going to close out this podcast here. I'll urge you again to, um, I'm going I'm to go back through the, uh, the references I used in this podcast. I'm going to go through the list here. Uh, Psalms 139 verses 13 through 18. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 and Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Psalms chapter 127 verse 3. Exodus chapter 20 and I use particularly verse 13 but if you would read the verses previous and after Um, That is the Ten Commandments explained. And one verse I didn't get to, but I have quoted several times is Matthew 18, 6. And you can go read that on your own. And I encourage you to uh, fight the good fight. A soldier of the Lord does not entangle himself with the distractions of this world, but keeps his eyes focused on the goal. So I encourage you to do the same. This is no time for celebration, but it's time to get down, get back in the trenches and to keep pushing forward for the, the will of God. Um, we have many people to share the gospel with and to explain to them the, the fact that God has a purpose and a plan for them and uh, apparently there's many that don't understand that so if you would share the gospel with them show them the love of Jesus show them compassion show them the way of the Lord so I appreciate you listening Uh, I'm going to close out with a word of prayer dear father Lord we thank you for today we thank you for your many blessings Thank you for the the decision that was made. Um, I'm sorry that it took this many years for that to be be the decision that was made. We understand that it has been immoral from the very beginning. We understand that you told us clearly in your law, thou shalt not kill. And it's that simple. But we let the devil overrun and overtake our country. And please forgive us for that. You know, Second Chronicles 7, 14 says that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, you've promised that you would hear from heaven, that you would forgive them of forgive us of our sins and that you would heal our land. Uh, We're in desperate need 
of healing. We're in desperate need of restoration. This is a start, but Lord, please forgive us of where we failed you, where we disobeyed. Help us to uh, reflect you in our life, in our speech, our actions. Help us to have the character and the integrity that you would have us to emanate. We're thankful, for, Lord, again for your grace and for your mercy that you've bestowed upon us. And our will is that others would receive that same grace and that same mercy before it's too late. You've extended it to all. Your desire is that all come to repentance and that no one is condemned. Yet by our actions, maybe our foolishness, our stubbornness, our rejection, or denying, by denying we receive the damnation of hell because we've rejected. We've supposed that we don't need you and we can do it on our own, which is a lie. But help us to follow you. And as Jesus said, understand in John fourteen six, he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. There is no other way for salvation except through the shed blood of Jesus receiving him and trusting him for who he is. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done, what you've given us. Help us to honor and glorify you. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.